What's up, heretics? It's the Religion of Speed podcast, the show for budget-minded motorsports, brought to you by a bunch of guys. I screwed that up, but that's pretty much what it is. There you go. You, you hit the bullet points. Yeah, we're, we, we're, we're broke and we like cars. Yeah. That's yeah, what it that is. That should be their tagline. The show where we're broke and we like cars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, yeah, we can just summarize that a lot better. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Chris, I'm glad to be here because, uh, and sorry to the fans, because we missed last week, but uh, I had COVID. Man, I I hate that. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. Luckily, you know, I am vaccinated. Didn't didn't really hit me too hard, but it still sucked. Yeah. It still made it like I did. Uh, of course, you couldn't come over to record because I had COVID. Right. Uh, but even like I was thinking about doing a B-roll episode or, you know, just doing you on like a Zoom call or something. And dude, it just like it drags you down. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do anything. No. Like, it's hard even. And the worst part is you're too restless to sleep. Yeah. Because all you do is let, lounge around. Right. So, <laughs> but you, you can't focus enough on anything while you're awake. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's horrible. Um, the virus is real. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really need any evidence. I didn't not, wasn't that type of person, <laughs> but yeah, especially now I'm just like, you know, I'm vaccinated. I'm healthy. I'm young. Yeah. And it still affected me. Yeah. You're, and you're double Moderna. You just yeah. not like you got a J and J shot or something like you, you're as vaccinated as vaccinated can get. <laughs> right. Which I, w- I was kind of like, okay, this is a bunch of bullshit right here. Like, I did the re- responsible thing. I got your vaccine, uh, Bill Gates. I put your <laughs> microchip in me. Yeah. And you you still didn't protect me from the virus. You what notice the at the night, at night, you've got weird limb movement because he's playing with the Xbox controller. Yeah. <laughs> There's just like a little like thing up in the corner of my peripheral. It's like a little like spinning thing. Like something's loading. I don't know. Oh, man. You might, you might get a heads up display. <laughs> yeah, might be neat. Might be updating. Yeah. <laughs> But no, that, that did kind of piss me off. And I was just like, oh, also, this is more ammunition for the non, you know, not vaccine people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which I've heard plenty of people say that. It's like, well, you can still get sick. What's the point? It's like, because you won't die. Right. Yeah. I was like, I didn't have to go to the hospital. I didn't have like, my symptoms sucked. Sure. But they weren't anything like, you know, oh, I need to go to the hospital. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I checked in on you, you were just like, yeah, I'm mostly just bored. Yeah. <laughs> really? That was it. Like at a certain point, I was like, you know, the lethargic stuff was for sure but i could probably go back to work and do something you know if i that wasn't at risk of making anybody else sick so yeah because that that is the the hard part even if you're asymptomatic you still got to sit down for two weeks and not go anywhere Mm -hmm. but hey you know what in the meantime i had like two weeks to sit around and think about religion of speed and think about what i want to do with this thing and it really just got me motivated to work on it more so hopefully Hopefully there's actually more to come in the future here, but for now, at least you have this podcast and you listen to me and Chris's beautiful voices and, uh, yeah, we'll make, we'll, we'll use, do this one to make up for the one we missed and then we'll be back to a regular scheduled yep. program every two weeks. Yep. Or who knows? Maybe we'll just do one every one week now. We do, we do fill up enough airtime. I think we could do one once a week. Right. Or we'll just swap between that Marvel podcast we just pretty much did. Yeah. We got a promo put <laughs> yeah. together for it now. Yeah. I might put that up in the stream. I don't know. We'll, we'll <laughs> see. Uh, so we have like three weeks of news to uh, cover. So I, I picked out just a few like uh, key things. I'm, well, I'm not going to cover everything, but there's a few key things to talk about. Uh, I want to start with the sad news so we can move past the sad news. Yeah. Uh, Bob Bondurant, driving instructor, uh, you know, driving instructor to the stars of Hollywood, really. And the founder of Bondurant Driving School is uh, dead at 88. And that's it's really sad when something like that happens, but it's cool to see somebody who's been driving recklessly at the limit 
right for decades and still made it to 88 yeah you know it's this guy he didn't just drive recklessly at the limits he drove recklessly at the limits in a time where safety was like like the not even the back seat it wasn't even like near the track you know (laughs) They, they left that back at home uh he was actually part of for people that don't know he was part of shelby's racing team in the 1960s at that lamar wow i didn't know that yeah so he raced one of the gt40s in 1964 um he was a formula one driver wow. so one of the few american formula one drivers yeah and a, a good one at that so like in formula one when jackie stewart crashed in the 19 i'm, I'm reading this this isn't from my memory i'm not that good in the 1966 belgian grand prix Stewart got trapped in the car. This was like one of those early, you oh, know, wow. 60s Formula One race. It was very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It was just an engine strapped to you. Right, yeah. People getting trapped in cars was kind of a thing. But if it wasn't for uh, Bob Bondurant and Graham Hill stopping to help, stopping in the middle of the race to help Jackie Stewart out of there, Jackie probably wouldn't have made it. So it was one of, that was one of the instances that started to get the whole ball rolling on safety stuff. It was really the Senna stuff later on in Formula One that cemented it, but yeah, they actually changed out that track layout. Yeah, yeah, because that that turn was too fast. Yep. You know, I've talked about Bondurant uh, School of High Performance Driving. That was actually inspired because Bob Bondurant was the technical advisor on a little film called Grand Prix back in '66. Oh wow! Which was like the Formula One movie back in the day. That's what they probably got a lot of Americans interested in Formula One back then too. Yeah. You know, um, and he kind of just became the driving instructor for Hollywood. And that's what led to the Bondurant Driving School, which is probably what led to like the Skippy School. And, you know, yeah. I, I think the Bondurant School is possibly one, the first, if not one of the first. Now, is that is there still a Bondurant Driving School? So there was and then there wasn't and then it came back. And I'm not really sure what the uh, status of it is right now. They were partnered okay. with Dodge for a while. Oh, yeah, they had the Challenger cars. Yep. Yeah. Yep, the Bondurant down the side of them. Yeah. So I think they're still going, you know. Of course, I don't think Bob has been involved, was involved in it in the past few years, but still, you know, that's a that's a legacy to leave in racing. Yeah, and, and we need more driving schools like that. Sadly, Skip Barber isn't a thing anymore. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Skippy uh, closing down. Yeah. Yeah. I think we might have covered something like that in the past, though, about somebody somebody revitalizing this driving school oh yeah arizona yeah i I think you're right i think we did cover that in another episode i think it was like episode like four or something it's been a while it's been a while well four of us you know yeah (laughs) that was like me as the co-host yeah (laughs) the reset (laughs) the snap if you will (laughs) (laughs) i'm happy to be part of the soft reboot here (laughs) yeah Yeah. right there you go soft reboot bondurant's contributions like i feel like if you're in racing especially the like level of racing we're in because of Bondurant's driving school, you really know him, but I think his contributions to motorsports in general might get overlooked sometimes, but he was one of the greats for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sad to lose one of those greats, but he left behind a hell of a legacy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's the biggest thing for motorsports, especially right now is, getting people into it and leaving a legacy because yeah you know it's a it's such a niche thing that if it wasn't for people like this yeah promoting it up then it probably would have died at some point how many how many fewer race car drivers would we have right if if it weren't for people like him yeah how many less good american race car drivers would we have absolutely so 
uh, rest in peace, Bob Bondurant. And uh, I figured I'd follow it up that story up with this because Bondurant does a lot of challengers and Dodge stuff. Yeah. Um, Dodge is not going to be making the Charger or Challenger by 2024. Hey, this will uh, this will come as a shock to people who will like to drive on the shoulder <laughs> right? and pass people in their challengers. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Uh, after these cars are gone, what is going to be the next? Hmm. How do I word this? <laughs> I can think of a few words, but you're trying to be diplomatic here. Yeah, I'm trying to be nice because <laughs> it. The the reason people buy Dodges is because they do have a lot of like especially Challengers and Chargers, offer a lot of horsepower per dollar. They do. And Dodge will offer really good financing. So people of lower economic status in general, and I, I don't, I'm not talking people in the city. This is also people in the country. Yeah. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, you, you see Mopars everywhere. Yeah. But it's always like, Mopars are always like the cheap guys, like muscle car. Until you get up to, of course, Hellcats and stuff like that. Right, but, but even then, you're talking about more horsepower per dollar. Like, to get anything else with that much power, this is you're going to spend a lot more money. Yeah. Um, and and they're really aggressive looking. I think a lot of it is... True. You see, you see a lot of people who don't really care about cars buying the Challengers and Chargers because it's a posturing thing, because the car is always postured. It is. And that's Dodge's... Uh, I've, I've, I think in what we were talking about the challenger last time about that guy passing on the shoulder, being all smashed up is like Dodge's marketing is that way too. Right. Like right. look how much of a badass you are in this car. Right. Right. They, I saw a charger commercial that said, this is man's last stand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and nowadays it's like, I don't even know if you'd want to pursue that, that <laughs> line of advertising. Right. And it, to me, like it doesn't seem like that would work, but apparently it works on some people, at least on a subconscious level. You don't yeah. see that kind of marketing though with Mustangs and Camaros. No, because the Mustang and the Camaro are. Do you even see marketing for Mustangs and Camaros? I mean, Von Gittin Jr. is a walking Mustang ad. True, <laughs> true, but like I see Dodge commercials is what I'm saying. That's true. They're more aggressive with their advertising. Yeah, but the Camaro and the Mustang, people who buy those, they know what they're getting. You know, yeah. like it, they didn't buy that as a status symbol. You know, the Camaro's got some aggressive posture, but it can yeah. also go around a corner. Right. Um, it's it, it has an LS engine. You know, it's got power low down. Like, it, it's a usable sports car. Very much so. Um, I mean, I'm always impressed by the test results of Camaros. Like, yeah. if 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 it wasn't like driving a cave... It is like being in a cave. <laughs> then I might be more interested in Camaros, honestly. No, I actually got lucky and drove a... Um, I got to drive a 5.0 Mustang convertible when I flew back to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Um, through the mountains. Ooh. And yeah, it was a blast. It actually can take a take a corner. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's doesn't feel as nimble as the BRZ. Oh, it, of course not. It's it, much taller and oh, it's heavier. Not, I mean, it's quite a bit heavier, but like, yeah. not like insane. Yeah, it's about a thousand pounds heavier. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a convertible, so you know it could have been tighter. But the chassis is there. Right. This thing will corner. The front end grips when I want it to, and the the exhaust note is. Just fantastic. Yeah, I do love that new 5-liter. Yeah, Ford yeah. has always had better um, exhaust notes, in my opinion, than Dodge or Chevy. Yeah, I think we were talking about that at uh, Grid Life. Yeah. You, you could hear the difference in the overhead cam Ford engines versus, you know, everybody running an LS. Yep. I don't think LSs sound that good. Yeah. They're okay. To, they don't sound great at high RPMs. Yeah, for sure. Like, they've got a great idle. Yeah, you know? especially with a big cam. They have a really good idle. Yeah, when but, it's all lumpy. Yeah, the Fords, though, like, they sound a lot better higher up. Yeah, which they... That that was the weirdest thing when I was driving this car. It was a V8, so of course it had torque. Mm -hmm. But it wanted to be at 7,000 RPM. Yeah. Like, it liked it up there. 
And I'm like, that is amazing. It's right? a you, five liter V8. And I feel like there, there's probably a lot of people that drive more modern cars like than us a lot of times. Yeah. But like for us, my experience with V8s is they don't like being up that high. Right. You know? Right. Because you're used to like a carbureted pushrod V8. Right. Or even the 90s Mustangs and stuff. Oh, know? yeah. Those, yeah. Is, those didn't like to rev that much. Yeah. I think what was the, the four, red six. line was like 65 in the 4.6. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't like to be over 55. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, the modern Mustang and the Camaro, of course, that, that those have their markets. Yes. But the market for the Challenger and the Charger are different demographic. Absolutely. And what car is gonna, are they going to pick up next? Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting because it's... I'm thinking they're probably going to buy Broncos. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm thinking that they're going to... Or Jeep Gladiators, you know, like... Yeah. It's like something with big shoulders that's aggressive... That, that reminds them they're a man because they need to while they're... Because that's why they bought the challenge. We're just going to see a lot more bro trucks on the road. I think we're going to see a lot. We're going to see some Raptors and... Yeah. going to see a lot of stuff like that. That's true. I mean, it is already kind of transitioning that way, but overall the trucks cost a lot more than like a base model V8 Challenger. That's true. And the V6 Challengers are dirt cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Especially used. You can pick those up for dirty cheap. Um, so now that the trucks are going to get older though... They're going to come down in price. I could see that. I could yeah. see a lot more people transitioning to big trucks now. Yeah, because if you're buying it for a status symbol, I think that's what's gonna what we're going to see. Mm-hmm. And plus, a lot of people that are buying Challengers and Chargers are the type of people that are like, no, I want my V8 and bad gas mileage and fuck the environment type, right. type stuff. Right, and, they bought that as a statement. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm really curious, too, with the second part of this news about Dodge, if any any of those people are going to adopt Dodge's replacement car for this, which is going to be the world's first EV muscle car. And I can't wait to see what Dodge does with this. Right? Because Dodge is known for dragging their feet when it comes to new technology. Yeah. And making things that look and seem very cool. Well, the, the reason they drag their feet on technology, at least seem to, is because they only have enough money to buy other people's old tech. <laughs> Okay. I mean, the Challenger and the Charger is just a 1990s Mercedes platform that's been updated. Yeah, and and then they they I think did Fiat when they re rebadged it when they or when they did the facelift did they they put some Alpha DNA in there didn't they? Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's still the old Mercedes chassis at the end of the day. I mean, of course, it's been refined and redone and stuff like that. I'm not saying it's a one for one, uh, but then yeah, when Fiat got involved and there's a whole bunch of Dodges that are just fiats the dodge darts of uh fiat oh yeah you know any of those multi-air engines you know but that's how they do they they get other people's old tech so this is like you said kind of surprising because this is new tech from dodge right so so i guess the question is how reliable is it going to be I mean, it is a Dodge. <laughs> so, and I like that this grill is clearly like a, a what is that a '69 Charger grill? Yeah, yeah. It's so, got the nose in it. Yep, it's really got the nose of a '69 uh, Charger, but like with that same like LED outline that they do with the tail lights on the the oh, Chargers yeah. and stuff right yeah. now that I Which, really do love. That looked great. Yeah, yeah, I I do love that. And I guess they're bringing back this like. Um, let me go back to the article and remember what this is called. This like Iron Man symbol that got going here. This like this is gonna be their symbol for all their EV stuff. Oh, that's cool. So this actually goes back to like the really old Dodges, maybe like the original like Dodge Brothers stuff. Yeah. There was this triangle symbol. They called it the Frat Fratzog R F A T Z O G. 
Never heard of that before. I'm sure yeah. Dodge guys are like, of course, the Fratzog. But <laughs> I have seen this logo on, like, if you ever get lucky enough to see, like, a, a 60s or 70s Dodge with the original hubcaps. Okay, yeah. It, you know, it's got that. Um, that is interesting. Yeah, so they brought that back and did, like, a outline in neon. It really looks Iron Man-ish to me. It does look like Iron Man's chest, chest symbol. But I also think it trans- translates really well to, a, like, a future tech symbol yeah it does especially if you, you frame it in leds yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and, and that's cool because you know that's this is in many ways like a reset for the brand mm-hmm. so you know having a new new badge a new symbol to do that behind i think is going to be good because like you were saying you know a lot of these people are probably gonna gonna turn their noses up at the idea of an electric muscle car yeah um i want to know if dodge is going to try to maintain that visceral sensation you know, somehow like make it vibrate and rumble. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, this was SEMA. Whenever I went to SEMA, this was years ago now because I'm old. Um, <laughs> Dodge had this thing set up. It was a full size challenger. This was like when the drag pack thing came out. Okay. And it was a video game, but it was a full size challenger. And when you hit the gas, the whole car would lift up and do a wheelie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So they, they have the tech. <laughs> <laughs> That is cool. So yeah, they could simulate that, right? And I think that that could be something that could hold on to some of their some of their brands, some of their loyal fans. Yeah. Um, because let's face it, I mean, these EVs are going to be faster on the quarter than the Demon was. Yeah. I mean, I, I I honestly think if they drop the Challenger and Charger, come out with an EV muscle car, yeah. and there isn't at least a version that isn't faster than the Hellcat. Right then it's going to be a flop. Right. They, they, they did something wrong. Yeah. They went, they, everybody's gonna be like, see, it was a step back. Cause everybody's seen the videos of the Tesla 100 D beating Hellcats yeah. on the drag strip. And, and it doesn't need to corner. This is, this is Dodge. I'm not expecting them to work miracles. Right. At if anything, this is like perfect for Dodge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because they, they just need to build something that's quick in a straight line. Um, and they could do it. Yeah, they could do it. And uh, I hope that they use one of their their cool old backlog names from Plymouth or something yeah. like that. They, yeah, they have a great backlog. Like That's one thing I'll give Dodge for is uh, pretty much every Dodge right now, I think for the most part, has a name. Right. And it's a name that's been a name for a long time. Right. It's not a bunch of numbers. Right. It's not <laughs> <laughs> letters. Dodge it's EX 370K. It's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, call it the... like barracuda right yeah the barracuda that'd be great yeah like because ford missed an opportunity by calling their electric suv the mustang yeah they they could have called it the thunderbird right perfect but, yeah because I, I was thinking lightning at the time yeah but, but of course you know that became the pickup so yeah, perfect and, and they did but, it with yeah. the lightning yeah but thunderbird was would be the perfect name for that thing that would be the perfect name it doesn't need to be called a mustang if, if ford doesn't make an electric sports car called the thunderbird that i just i don't even know what right. planet we're living what on are you point. doing with that with that name <laughs> right if not making an electric car yeah uh and so to be fair to dodge i think they understand though like what we're talking about that they have to succeed in this because a yes. uh, quote from dodge uh, somebody at Dodge. If I read this article, I probably know exactly who. <laughs> it's, it's I'm ju- juggling knives here because I got to keep two different huge factions happy because at some point those two factions will converge. Yeah, it's inevitable. Right. Yeah, and here's Dodge taking a crack at it. But I, I like the the analogy of juggling knives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you can do it. You can get it right. But right. one slip up. A lot of And hazards. you're just going to piss off everybody. <laughs> 
Nobody's going to be happy. Everybody's going to be going home just like, oh, that sucked. <laughs> I'm just glad he, yeah, he recognizes that that's, that's the situation he's up against. Yeah. Because you can't go into this lightly, you know? Yeah. Oh, that was Dodge brand CEO, Tim Kuczynski. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, he's in charge. So if, if the CEO is worried about juggling knives, then we know they're at least going to take this seriously. Right. And I think I, I will give Dodge a lot of credit is like over the last, 10 years i really do feel like they've turned around from where they were that's true and modern dodge is, is a lot better than the dodge was mm. i'm not saying right anything about their reliability the collapse yeah the reliability is garbage still but <laughs> you know they're they're more appealing yeah you know the before think of the old 300 m do you remember the 300 m chrysler 300 m yep i had a buddy who had one of those in high school yeah yeah or the intrepid Oh, the Dodge Intrepid. Yep. <laughs> Wasn't that just something that was an eyesore when it was new? Oh, God. It was such a terrible car. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's people out there that will defend those cars to the end of, end of time because Dodge fans are weird. But <laughs> hey, but that's what's so great about this this scene, this culture, and that's why I love doing this podcast, is because there is a fan for everything. It's and very a, true. A diehard fan. Yeah. You know, like I, I saw an Avanti yeah <laughs> and there are people there's a there's a there's a cult following for those there is yeah and there's, most people hated those when they were new they were so weird have you seen like the new uh avanti kits they make on corvette chassis no i bet that looks pretty wild does it, it have it, no grill yeah it's still like that same front end it's yeah. really weird uh i think it actually translates a little bit better weirdly enough i could it looked too futuristic for its time right and now no grill is in for yeah EVs. and now it kind of looks like retro futuristic yeah so i think it worked um but yeah there there is there's a fan base for every car there really is like there's people who just love it i on facebook i joined this group it's called the ford escort owners association not the cool escorts by the way <laughs> not the euro escorts the american front wheel drive escorts <laughs> i just had to join to see what these people were doing and uh and they're diehard fans. They're diehard fans. They're doing yeah. cool shit. Yeah. You know? Uh, I met a guy at work the other day. He's been a Honda mechanic for years. He knows everything about the Honda K-Series motor. And he chooses to build Chevy Cobalts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's blown up four of them. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> hilarious. He had a built motor and had a 400 horsepower tune blew it up. Hey, you know, Stephen Clark has pro proven that the uh, Chevy Cobalt chassis is very good. Yeah. It yeah. beat... The GTR, the R34 GTR around the Nurburgring. Wow. It had the fastest front-wheel drive production time on the Nurburgring for many years. Wow. Well, what beat it? I couldn't tell you because I was just so shocked that a Chevy did. I don't Like <laughs> other cars are like, yeah, that makes it. Probably a Type R or like a Honda or something, yeah. I'd imagine. If um, I had to guess. Right. <laughs> uh, you, you talking about people like being fans of every car. That leads us perfectly to the next one because I'm a giant fan of this car. Everybody knows it. The oh, yeah. GR Yaris. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which I feel I feel like at least the GR Yaris has earned its fan base. Um, unlike some other cars. <laughs> but <laughs> regardless, I've never driven it, so I'm just a fanboy at this point. As usual though, you know, no good news. We're not getting the Yaris GR, of course. We're still not that's never happening. But twenty five years. Yeah, right. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I'll be old by that point. Um, but the good news is I've talked about this before. We are getting a Corolla GR. And there's actually some good news. The all-wheel drive system is coming with it. That is neat. I was really afraid they were going to make it front-wheel drive only just to save cost. Right. But the all-wheel drive drivetrain is 
officially coming. It's really weird. There was actually this picture. I'm going to show you, Chris. This just innocent picture yeah. that got posted on Instagram. And the tag underneath it says, keep them guessing. We're keeping them guessing. Because it just looks like a run-of-the-mill Toyota interior. But if you take a close look at this, and I'm not going to get all these details right, but up here on, next to the speedometer, uh, it says G16. Oh. Well, that's the engine code for the RSGR. Interesting. The climate control is set to, what is it, 200 and, or 268? That's the horsepower rating for the RSGR. Wow. And the uh, there was something on the nav, too, that I can't see in this picture that got picked out. And then over here in this corner is actually a camouflaged prototype mule for the RSGR. That's hilarious. They but, really did a good job with this. Right? But this is a Corolla interior. Yeah. So, and this got posted like a month ago and people just now were like, hold on a minute. And so they've just been picking this apart. Yeah. The horsepower rating on the climate control is pretty crazy. Right? That's awesome. I, I, I do love this. Like at first when I heard this, I was like, ah, people are just like making something out of nothing. Right. You know, right. when it's like when people delve for mar Marvel Easter eggs that aren't there. Yeah, exactly. But no, it all adds up and you're like, huh? Okay, this actually makes sense. Yeah, there's a, so there's a lot of rumors going around. There was that picture. Pretty much it looks like we're getting an all-wheel drive uh, Corolla GR with the G16 in it, of course. Okay. Uh, there is a rumor that it's going to be pumped up to about 300 horsepower, maybe 310. I mean, that would be good for the American market. And the Corolla is bigger than the Yaris, so mm -hmm. you need a little bit more. I mean, hatchback, all-wheel drive. This is gonna be a great Colorado car. I I know, like this is the one. This is kind of making me think. I'm like, I love my Fiesta, but I am a JDM fanboy, and this ticks every box. I've always said the thing, the only thing I would improve or I would do to improve the Fiesta, is a little bit more power and all-wheel drive. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Because then it'd be the perfect car for me. I could do literally anything with it. Yeah. You know, it'd be great. All the all year daily. Yeah, you're not worried about getting because even in front wheel drive, got to worry go, about going up hills in the snow. Yeah, he's, I'll still lose traction. It, it still has an open diff. It has oh. the e diff thing, but oh, okay. it doesn't do shit when snow. You know. Okay, so you're doing one wheel peels. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that there there isn't a uh, a future where I own a Toyota Corolla again. I mean, another Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Sorry, Iggy. Although. Updates on that later. Um, it's still that's that's really cool though. I mean, right? It, it's not it's not the Yaris. It's bigger. It has four doors, but it's still got that drivetrain. It's still powerful. Apparently, there's tuners in Japan that have gotten that uh, G16 engine up to 375 horsepower. Wow, on stock internals. Yeah. So so it's and a 1.6. I mean, three cylinder. Three cylinder up to 375. Yeah. That's impressive. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's cool because that means, you know, there's going to be a reason not to buy an STI. Yeah. There's going to be a reason not to buy a Golf R. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, was already way too expensive. Right. But the uh, it's important to me that these companies have some competition directly to, in their field because yeah. the Mitsubishi is one reason. The Evo is one of the reasons the STI was so good. Yeah. And vice versa. And ever since uh, Mitsubishi dropped the Evo... Subaru's kind of been slacking on the STI. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Like it, you know, it's still it's still the STI. So it's kind of like, you know, 
okay, it's like a kid going through their football career. They're in high school, they go to college, and they're, they have the rival teams, and they're training hard to, you know, c- compete against that rival team. Right. And then they get out of college, they, di- they didn't get into uh, the NFL, you know, and their rival disappears. And yeah. suddenly they have nobody to compete against. Yeah. And they get fat and weaker <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's, yeah it's like the same exact scenario the mustang and the camaro are so good because of each other yeah they and when the camaro camaro was gone for a little bit there the mustang kind of became shit and then yeah i guess no the mustang came back though with a vengeance it, and almost it, it forced the ca- camaro that, to come back yeah with the retro body yeah. yeah and then we were teased with retro camaros for two transformer movies before we saw a production <laughs> model true the fucking transformers movies <laughs> Oh my god! Um, I don't want to talk about Camaros anymore, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about my Toyotas, damn it! <laughs> just my Toyota. Uh, another like rumor. This is just a rumor that's going around of the Corolla GR that I don't know if I believe, but because this was leaked on Reddit, and supposedly this guy worked at the dealer, and it was a dealer like memo that they sent out about the this car that's coming out. Okay. Um is one of the options you can tick at the factory is a rear seat delete. Oh, that's so cool. Right? For me, I always delete the rear seat. Yeah, yeah. Your car hasn't had a rear seat for as long as I've known it. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and this would be like, I just like, oh, that's perfect. Because for two reasons. One, it'll look finished. Right. You know, be nice and finished and it's nice. Two, for classes like Club TR racing. Oh, that's right. That's legal because that's a factory option. Yeah, because they busted you for pulling out your passenger seat. Yeah. (laughs) They never busted me for the rear seats. I left those out the whole time. I I think if I would have gotten the top three, I might have gotten dinged for that. Like, hey, where are his back seats? Yeah. You're like, where are Ben's back seats? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So this car is really appealing to me for the Club TR uh, series. Yeah. I mean, well, will this work in Club TR with all-wheel drive? Yeah, it just it meets the displacement. That's the thing is there's no 1.6 liter turbo or 2.5 liter naturally aspirated cars that are all-wheel drive that you would ever compete in Club TR. This thing would dominate Club TR then. Yeah, because like Golfs, like a Golf R, that's like a 2.5 liter turbo. Yeah. So it's all out of the class. That is interesting. So wow, yeah, because it's just a three-cylinder, but if you can make almost 400 horsepower out of it. Right, Goodbye, S2000s. Yeah. And plus, the one problem I have with Club TR with the Fiesta is the wheel wells in my Fiesta are so small, I can't fit the maximum amount of tire I can. I can run, technically, I think it's 255s. Oh, but you're, you're, you're maxed out mechanically. Yeah, I can't fit anything else in there without doing a whole bunch of work. Interesting. This is a Corolla. It has giant wheel wells. It could probably fit 275s from the factory. Yeah, I mean, you can tell this is the lowered racy model. And... Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of fender gap in there. Right? So it's like, I don't know. That that might be the one. Just a, some tires and a tune and go out and fucking dominate. Yeah. That yeah. pissed off a lot of people. I was about to say, they might have to make it to, make it its own class at that point. They they might outlaw it. That's usually what happens, you know? But, man, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see just what this becomes. Yeah, that's really cool. And, I mean, you know, more all-wheel drive hatchbacks. Yes, please. We just need more of them. There's not enough. Yeah, and I, I would justify the payment here in Colorado because of that all-wheel drive system. Yeah, yeah, you've got snow to deal with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not right now. Yeah, this is a freakish year. <laughs> <laughs> and it might just become this way, but you know. <laughs> it, might, it might just, oh, we don't have snow anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Colorado snow? No, you're you're thinking of Canada. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only place it snows. Right. All right. We've hyped up a, a, this car enough. I feel like we'll we'll we will wait. You know, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Type thing. Yeah. But some good news. But hey, they're building out the GR brand. True. And that's really cool. We've got a GR Supra now. We've got a GR86. We're mm-hmm. gonna get this GR Corolla. Give me the MR2, and I'm I'm satisfied. There's been rumors of that MR2 since the 86 came around. Yeah, so it's been a while. Originally, that MR2, the CEO of Toyota, wanted to slate it below the 86. Yeah, I just don't know how how they could do it. I think looking back at it, I think it was going to be a K car. Oh, so we wouldn't have even seen it. Probably not. Yeah, maybe something slightly bigger, like the Honda and or the what is that? It's not really a K car. It's like the N600 or something over there. Not not the little beat. No, not the beat. There was like a little bit bigger. So it was the Honda S660, sorry. That's cool looking. This isn't really, it's not technically K car size, but it's kind of like the follow-up to the beat. Okay, and 660cc, I imagine? I think so, yeah. A little turbocharged. Like, it's still tiny, but I think technically this wasn't, maybe it is actually a K car, because it, um, these do have yellow plates. Of course, that's a not production plate, so. Yeah, and I just... I miss the era of the cheap mid-engine sports car. Yeah. You know, we used to have that. Um, not I mean, often. We, yeah, we had a couple. Yeah, we had the Fiero. We had the yeah. MR2. Um, and I, I think it would be cool to see that. Um, the downside is, you know, you have to develop a bespoke chassis for it. Right. Um, <clears throat> which is why I think it would be hard to slot it below the, the 8.6 and sell it in the American market. Yeah. No, that, that I always thought, that, like, I don't know how they're going to do that. The people praise the 8.6 for being so cheap. Right, exactly. You know? so. so, and that was built with Subaru. So, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do that. So I, but there's a new rumor that the uh, MR2 was going to come back as like a GTR fighter. Wow! Like so just moving into this, yeah, moving it way <laughs> up end. So it's like more expensive than the Supra. But as usual with car rumors, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Speaking of brands coming back, and believe it when I see it, and I kind of wish I didn't see it. We got to talk about the new Integra. Yeah, we're one of the last car car people to, to touch on this one. Yeah, we were um, supposed to talk about it, of course, last week, but, you know, COVID. Yeah, even then, we still would have been the last ones to touch <laughs> This is true. <laughs> but we've had some time to think about it and settle in with the idea of this being the Integra. So, That's true. Uh, curious to see if your opinion has changed at all. So I have to give it to Chris Dye at K-Series Parts. He called this power plant. Yeah. He called the 1.5. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't even expecting the 1.5. I was expecting a K-Series, and a lot of people were thinking it was going to be a hybrid. Yeah. Um, but I uh, I honestly, you know, I, I'm obviously disappointed for a lot of the reasons that have already made it around the internet. This thing is too big. Um, the Integra is supposed to be slotted, at least from, from a performance standpoint, above the Civic. Yes. Um, and this isn't the most aggressive model. This isn't the Type S, which they said they're going to come out with. Right. This is your base Integra. But... Also, it isn't because, like, if you look closely at this this picture here, like, that's a floating multi-piece brake rotor with a six-pot brake caliper on the front of this thing. Yeah, so it's got a lot of uh, money in this, which that might be just for press photos. Right. And that might be, you know, like a $5,000 option. <laughs> yeah, because big brakes photograph well. They do. They do. When you put big wheels on a car. You put big wheels, you color match the calipers to the car. Yeah. You've got a great looking great looking car. Um 
you know, I th- uh, you were hoping for a, a two or three door. I think that would have aesthetically been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew it wasn't going to be that because they teased that thing yeah. earlier about saying it was going to be a five door. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'll, I'm reserving judgment because right. the new Type R, the, the what is the what is the chassis fk8 yeah the civic yeah yeah uh you know that's a five door or four door hatch and i'm like okay you can you can do that i under i understand that selling cars these days isn't like selling cars in the past right coupes just don't sell i mean coupes don't sell because they don't make coupes so coupes don't sell it's kind of a feedback (laughs) loop uh but i will agree that in today's climate of even though cars are getting more expensive there's less profit margin that's true. You know, yeah. so it's just not worth... That's why they don't make the two-door Civic. They're just like, they sell enough. It's not worth making the fucking stamps at this point. Right. You know? So I knew it wasn't going to be that. But I just wasn't expecting the cross-tour back end. Yeah, it's... The whole thing, it's like... So it, it's, it's not as big as it looks, but I hate that it has all these bulbous proportions. It looks big. Yeah, it looks big. And I know it's, it is actually going to be big, but it looks like it's also larger than it is. Yeah. No, because like people were comparing it to the Accord Cross Tour, like side by side, and the right. profile is the same, even though the Cross Tour is considerably bigger. Yeah, and the Cross Tour has the footprint of an SUV. Yeah, <laughs> those things are huge. So this, the fact that this thing looks that big and is being compared to it, and it was supposed to be a sports car, um, it's disappointing. Um, you know, I, this could have been really cool as like a TL or something. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly the point I was going to bring up is... If you brought this back as the sporty TL Type S. Yeah, yeah. Everybody would have been like, yeah, okay. Because that looks a lot better than a new TL. Yeah. And the new TLs aren't bad looking. No, but, you know, the the fact that they'd be going back to like, hey, I know the TL was a little bit smaller. I guarantee this is the same size as the first gen TL. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. You know, and which I love the TLs. I think they're great cars. Right, but they're not Integras. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you brought brought that back as a TL, it, there wouldn't have been any. Nobody would have been mad. They would have been like, they would have been like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Like, yeah. I like this. But if you're bringing it back as the Integra, it just it has to look small and sporty. Yeah. You know. And it doesn't. It just doesn't. Like maybe in Acura's lineup next to everything else. Right. It, it looks small and sporty. And I will reserve judge, final judgment until I see one in person. Yeah. Like, because some cars I, don't photograph well. I hated the 370Z when I saw pictures of it. I hated the Mark V Supra. Yeah. When, when I saw pictures yeah, of it. Yeah. So did I. And now yeah. it's like, oh man, that is yeah gorgeous they, in person. They are really pretty in person. I don't think it's gonna do a whole 180 like that, but I might see it and go, okay. Also, I don't really think the Integra graphics on the side of this thing are doing it any justice. They have the, to put Integra graphics on it, or else you'll forget what it is. It's true. <laughs> Even <laughs> though it's embossed in the rear bumper. Right. It's like we, we, we would never recognize it. Yeah. And I, I also think they kind I think they kind of did that to be tricky, because it's, it's a darker color, to make oh. it look shorter. Oh, that's I, interesting. I think they were trying to like make it not look as big <laughs> as it is. <laughs> That's funny. So the graphics are working like a two-tone paint job. Yeah, kind of. Also, I just noticed the inside of the tailpipes are also yellow. Oh, wow. They are, aren't they? Yeah, that is a weird feature. So this has to be a press car. There's, There's got to be some stuff that we won't see make it to the production model. I'd be shocked if that has an engine in it. That's hilarious. Yep. Well, the inside of the exhaust is yellow. It's interesting. Uh, how long would that last? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't. It'd be black in a week, but I appreciate the little weird detail. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I was just I was hoping for a you know a big badass motor like mm-hmm. like a K twenty C five. You know, yeah. like like squeeze a few more horsepower out of the Type R motor from the factory. That would have been really neat, and I honestly could have kind of forgiven some of these proportions if they made this thing a monster. Yeah. Um, which they still might. With the they still trend. might. And to go back to something you mentioned before we started recording, there's people out there saying like, you know, this is your nostalgia playing up. The Integra was never this. You know, there was like a base model Integra with a non VTEC B18 four door. Right. You know, automatic. That was just a. It was just a car. Right. I'm like yes, I agree with that. But Acura knows what the Integra name means these days. What right. are the Integras that people remember? People remember the Type R. Exactly. Or at least the GSR. A lot of people knew somebody with a GSR. Yeah. The Type Rs were rare, but there were plenty of GSRs out Plenty there. of GSRs. And the fact is that they brought out, they could have at least waited to bring out, or at least like simultaneously brought out a Type R. Yeah. And just showed that they'd know, like, there is a Type R version. Like, show us the Type R version first and be like, there will be base models. There will be just, you know, your daily ty- yeah. things. But we know this is what you want. Right. And we're making it. It's like the Challenger guys. Yeah. If there's no V8 Challenger, then the people wouldn't have bought all the V6s. It's very true. Yeah. Like, like it represents what it could be. Yeah. And Ac- Acura coming out with this car first and hyping it up and doing that pre-show uh, thing. I don't know if you watched the live stream at I, all. I didn't watch it. The Before the live stream, they showed this video that was like a bunch of kids meeting up with their tuned Integras and RSXs. Nice. And then this thing shows up. And you're just like, no, you don't get it. Like, right. you understand. Yeah. I, I don't think that this, this yeah. thing showed up, actually. It just, but you understand, like, what the culture of yeah. Integra is. You understand your market. Yeah, but then you then you showed us this. Right. And it made it. It just makes it seem like you have no idea. Like there's a difference between whoever made that video yeah. and whoever came up with this car. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think that's what I'm most angry about, or not angry about, but like disappointed in. Is it just? It seems tone deaf. It does, because they. You're right. They they know who bought Integras. Right. They know what Integra culture came. What the Honda tuning scene right. was huge. Yeah. Um, and it's still huge. 90s Honda tuning is massively yeah, popular. Yeah, still. Yeah, still to this day. Even people are paying $5,000 for hatchback, EG hatch. <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and and this is this looks like the thing that your mom would, would drive you to. You know, you, your mom would drive you to the lot to look at cars. Right. You know, like this is what you'd be picked up from school in while you were, re, you know, in the back with your car mag. You know, that... Shows you how old I am. Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, reading about the car you wanted. Yeah. This doesn't look like the car you aspire to own. Right. It looks like the car that exists, you know, in your world. And and yes, like, there probably was that, that person in the back reading about the Integra Type R while in a four-door Integra. Yeah. You know, but the difference is the people that bought four-door Integras or a five-door Integra back in the day, you know, the yeah. the... the the base model ones, the not fun ones. Yeah, the Integra LS. Those people don't care about the Integra name. So making a big hype that the Integra is coming back. Right. Like those people that bought them in the past, you could call this an ILX and they would have been like, oh yeah, no, I like Acuras. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and there were even people who saw the Type R and all they could afford was an automatic four-door. Right, yeah. I, I had friends like that. 
But luckily, it's a Honda. Yeah. So you can swap it. You can convert it. Yeah. and Or you can just drive it for two years dreaming about that never actually do it, you know? Yeah. But that's the whole point. But you bought it because you were trying to get close to that nameplate. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this tickles that same urge. I think... You know? I think this is just another ILX, which was what my fear. This, this is the new ILX, and just nothing fancy about it. Yeah. And I think it's going to sell like ILXs, which is poor. Yeah. It's tragic. Um, and then pe- then Acura is going to use this to be like, ah, see, people don't want sports cars now. It's like, it's no, like, you didn't make a sports car. <laughs> yeah, you didn't make a sports car. You made a sedan. You put a sports car's name on it. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. Which, once again, I know the Type R is kind of just a sports car or a, the sports car quote-unquote and right economy but, car clothing but but hey there were integra ls coupes with yeah. manuals and yeah. people still people drag raced them because the non-vtec motors took boost better yeah that's it's so funny i just i love honda guys for that they're like well actually this engine <laughs> yeah with this head yeah, yeah. they're <laughs> always gonna find that ideal match yeah, yeah. i will say this last picture we got up here of like this low down front end view i actually like that that yeah. looks good. Because I can't see the rest of the car. Yes. <laughs> the front end I like, but yeah, the rest of it, not so much. Yeah. So That grill is actually, is, is pretty. Um, I like that. But yeah, the, the rest of the car is where it falls on its face. We'll see what they do with the Type S, and we'll see if we ever get a Type R. And we'll see what those look like, and we'll update you from there. If... Yeah. Also, you know, maybe I'll see this in person, and maybe it's a lot smaller in person than we're giving it credit for, and... You know, it'll look a lot better. Maybe it's got a good suspension. Maybe it handles really well. Right? True. Yeah. I mean, that, it, that was the Integra back then. Yeah. You did. know, people yeah. want to say like, oh, the Integra was just a rebadged Civic. Like, no, it wasn't. It had a lot of bespoke suspension stuff in the Integra. Yeah. You could swap them over, of course, because they were Hondas. But yeah, but that was the, that was the fun of it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, maybe this leaves room for an all-wheel drive system. Oh, probably. I mean, it's probably built on the same chassis as other things. Yeah. But going going back to like the Cobalt SS being the fastest front wheel drive car around the Nurburgring, you know, before that, the Acura Integra was known as the best handling front wheel drive car of, uh, at the time. Wow. You know, and that that's the legacy is the Integra was the best handling front wheel drive car. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Type R version they were referring to, but this, this will never be that. Yeah, in its production, in its, you know, factory skin, no. Right. Like, of course, you can build a race car version. Oh, of course you could, And yeah. you know Acura will. Yeah, the, the, that's hitting Pike's Peak. Guarantee it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, You're going to see versions of that doing the hill climb next year. Yep, because Acura is a big sponsor of the hill climb. So, yeah. of course, they're going to bring that out. Um, but, but it's just, it's never, it's, that's the legacy. That's the legacy people remember the Integra, and this just doesn't live up to it. And yeah, and, and if this does end up being popular, it's going to be on on its on different set of merits. Yeah. Like, oh, this is all wheel drive. Oh, this has factory boost. Yeah. You know, there's going to be things that people like about this car that you know that aren't exactly the things people liked about the old Integra. Yeah. I actually I like the what is it the L15, uh, the little turbo 1.5 in the Civic. Oh yeah. That this is this is going to yeah. get to. I, I I like that engine. Yeah. But it doesn't really, at least not yet, doesn't really have a big following. And again, it's, you know, the Integra is supposed to get better stuff than the Civic. Right. Like, and this is the power plant from the Civic Si. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean, the Civic Sport has that engine too. But I guess this is the Si Tune, so it's a little bit more power. 
But then again, of course, you can just get a hard data and just raise that back up. So you can find one these days. <laughs> True. Ugh. Let's not get into politics here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, that's disappointing. And in other disappointing news, I said I was going to start sad so we didn't have to end sad, but actually I fucked up. I mean, the Integra was... Uh... The Integra made us sadder than I expected. Yes, but this last news, though, is super sad. For anybody who grew up watching, uh, like, Option Audio, or Option Auto, Audio, what the fuck I'm talking about, uh, in, like, old JDM videos, you know, crawl crawl on the internet in the early days trying to find videos of early Japanese drifting. You have to send out with a magazine subscription to get a DVD mailed to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's how hardcore we were. (laughs) Just, we just had to know. Um, And, of course, the... The home of drifting, the Ibisu Minami circuit, the famous one with the jump drift, uh, is unfortunately is being torn up and being turned back into a rally course. See, you know, it's it's bittersweet because it, it's horrible that they're destroying a paved drift circuit. Yeah. But at least it is staying in the realm of motorsports. Really odd, though, to hear paved things being destroyed for off-road racing. Right. You know, that's that's not something you usually see. Usually it goes the other way. Yeah, <laughs> right. You have an off-road track that gets really popular and eventually paved, just like Pikes Peak. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's odd to see that, but I guess land is at a premium in Japan. Land is at a premium, and I, I did a little bit of digging, and of course this is all rumors. I can't get first-hand stuff from Japan. I'm sorry, I can't overnight. You can't overnight info from Japan. I can't. <laughs> um but it sounds like the track is in pretty rough shape these days. Oh, okay. Like the okay. surface is pretty bad. This photo, we have some photos on we're looking at of people signing the track before it gets torn up, which I thought was a very uh, sweet yeah. little send off. Um, these pictures don't make it look too bad. At least this part, it but it's a lot better than I am. I <laughs> right. This is very true. Uh, but this is only one section. This is after the jump drift, the famous spot. So there might be other sections that are just like, you know, torn up and destroyed. Which makes sense if they're letting people jump drift on a track. Right. But it wouldn't last too long. Well, and also D1 was using this section of track oh, okay. for a long time. Okay. So they might have paid them to make this section good while the rest of it might be torn up. And I've also heard that the owner of Ibisu has gotten really into rally racing lately. Oh, that's the reason. <laughs> Probably. That, that's it right there. Yeah. It's like, I want a rally circuit. Yeah. And I own the track, so... Yeah. Sorry. Yep. So this is a rally circuit. But at least it is a motorsports park, and there are other drifting sections that are still open. Yeah, there's still another section of Ibisu, you know, that will be open for drifters and stuff like that. So at least we have that. But the jump drift, though, uh, you know, you'll see. I'll use this picture in the thumbnail of uh, Daigo Saito. This is my first introduction to the jump drift, and he just he nails it in, what is it, a chaser? I think that is a Toyota Chaser. Yeah, with which, a giant what wing. What a beast Daigo Saito is. <laughs> right? I mean, it's. I got lucky enough to see him drift in person at Formula D. And he was putting out more smoke than every other driver. Yeah. And it's a driver where you basically... It's a sport where you manufacture smoke. Right? <laughs> and, and he would go around the track... And they'd wait. They'd have to wait longer because Daigo went for the smoke to clear, and it was still hanging over the track when the next guys went. <laughs> um, yeah, he was in a twelve hundred horsepower Sora at the time. Yeah, he always builds the craziest cars. Yeah, you know the the man is like. I don't want to call him like the best Japanese drifter because that would be, there would be an argument there. It'd be a lot of debate. A lot of debate. Yeah, but at least modern drifting. Yeah, he takes the cake. I mean, there's. 
there weren't as many D1 drivers who came over for Formula D. Yeah. Um, especially initially because there was more talent in D1. Yeah. Um, Formula D became the hub for talent, um, you know, for global drifting because there's just more money put into it. Yeah. I mean, for a long time we had, I mean, we had Frederick uh, Osbo. Osbo. Yeah. Yeah. He was, man, what country is he from? I think he's from Norway. Yep, that sounds right. Yeah. You know, we had Japanese drivers coming over. We had yeah. American drivers and Mustangs. Like, yeah, it was well, just, it was like this... the World Cup of freaking drifting. Yeah, and we had from all different disciplines. Like, um, I believe Daiyoshihara, he didn't even drive in D1. He oh, was, really? He was a street drifter in Japan who came over. Oh, really? Yeah. That's and, awesome. And now he's a beast. Dai is in everything now. That yes. man is... Every time I look at anything automotive related, die is in there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, when Turn 14 is your sponsor. Yeah. And they sell the parts to all the people who sell us our parts. Right. Well, he has, he has a TV show with Zach Clapman from The Smoking Tire now where they do something. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, he's raised. Oh, that was another thing that we missed that I didn't. I forgot to put on the docket because it's been weeks. Yeah. Uh, die is actually retiring from Formula D. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, we missed. He did that before Von Gittin. We just it totally got missed. Man, the man's so busy with other things. Yeah, well, I mean, he he really is doing a lot. He is. I mean, Pike's Peak alone. Yeah, like <laughs> like the prep for that is just months on end. So yeah, I still want to see him show up in at least exhibition drift that eight six with the Type R motor. Yeah, because the if he works out those kinks, then that means that there's a K twenty one C or K twenty C one swap in all of our futures right this is true somebody's got to be the first one yeah somebody's got to work out all the bugs right well that would be a good uh, that'd be a good swap for anything yeah yeah honda motors are the best yeah it's true but yeah we totally missed die is retiring so uh good luck to die on all your future endeavors you're gonna crush it because you do that's yeah. just what he does professional crusher <laughs> professional crusher that I hope somebody refers to me that way somewhere <laughs> sometime in the future. I don't think it's going to happen, but oh, that's a good good name. Um, yeah, back to Ibisu for a quick second. As I, I, I am particularly sad about this because I really wanted to, at some point in my life, go to Ibisu and even just drive this circuit yeah. if I'm not drifting it, you know, um, and do the jump drift. And now I'm going to... It's going to be regulated to sim racing. The only way I'm going to get my fix now. Well, at least you, you can go drift the other circuit. I know it's I not the same. Yeah. But honestly, any trip to Japan where I get to go sideways would be a, a win. Yep. Uh, I was watching a video one time. I think it was a Noriyaro video. But it was this guy. He lives in Australia. And he comes over occasionally. And he owns a car and keeps it in a garage at, I think it was at Ibisu. Oh, yeah. That's cool. He just keeps it there. He owns it. I think the uh, the guy that owns the track or owns the shop there might rent it out to other people too. Okay. But I, the, I've heard about that, right? There's a lot of cars that just live at Ibisu. Yeah. And this guy just comes over and he has a car there. He's like, cool, this is my car and I get to go drive it all I want now. That's a dream. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to own a car in another country. Yeah. So you just go over and there it is. Right. I feel like that's the ultimate baller move. Yeah, it is. Fuck owning a house in another country. I want to own a car at a racetrack in another country. I just want to own a car everywhere where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's my dream is one day finish my pilot's license and rent hangers in every city I like. Yep. Keep a sports car in the hangar. 
so I can just park my plane and take off and enjoy that city. That was my goal for a long time when I moved out to Colorado. I was like, well, I'm just going to get a storage unit in Detroit. Okay. Fly into Detroit, grab my car, and head up to my parents' place. And at the time, Detroit was like Gotham City, so you could buy (laughs) a storage unit for dirt cheap. (laughs) Yeah. But then, of course, you know, my car that I store there would probably get stolen. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Paying for security is another thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The bills just kept rising. (laughs) Uh, And I just didn't get back to Michigan enough to really warrant it. Well, now Detroit's like a community garden, and the property values are not high, but... Higher. They're going up a little bit. You can still, uh, me and my buddies were thinking about buying an entire block of Detroit. That would be awesome, just for like a street circuit? Uh, I mean, just to have like, there was a, the block I was looking at, it only had like four homes left on it, but it was clearly at one point, it was a city block of homes, you know, butt to butt. Okay. And not only has four homes left on it, it's just big empty lot with some trees growing in it. And it's a big city block, you know? That would be pretty cool. You yeah. have a little compound. Hey, that, that's the religion of Speed Cathedral. <laughs> right? Yeah. It'd be crazy. Like, that would be kind of cool right in the middle of the city like that. Yeah. And there were like no, there was like nobody around. Half the houses were abandoned. Some of the houses had people living in them. But you could probably just street race, make a street circuit in there, and nobody would care. Yeah, you could grill out all hours of the night and do burnouts whenever you wanted. There's right. nobody to complain. Yeah, nobody would give a shit. It's, it's like living in the city. But there's no city anymore. <laughs> it's just the it's the weirdest thing. Detroit is weird. I hope the best for Detroit to be in my home state, but whew, got a long ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be the same when it's back. No, it'll, it'll be completely different. But uh, it's kind of I've just got me thinking about that episode of Grand Tour where they go to Detroit. Yeah, they're like, we should just use it as a racetrack. Yeah, yeah. And then Hammond has to sit it out, which is hilarious because there were no cars on any of the roads. Yeah. <laughs> He can't do anything because Dodge get, wouldn't let him. Yeah, and you got the feeling that they didn't even have to close off anything. Like, you know, they, they close off roads a lot for Grand Tour and for Top Gear. But, mm-hmm. You know, you got the feeling that they didn't have to do anything special. No, they're just like, yeah, this is a road. You just show up with a camera car and that's it. Yeah. I mean, Detroit would be the best place to film any sort of car stuff. Yeah. You know? But Is there, is there a lot of terrain there? I've never been. Like, up and down terrain? Yeah. No. It's flat. Flat. Yeah, it's completely flat. (laughs) The entire state of Michigan is pretty much completely flat. There's like one mountain kind of up north, like up north of the lower peninsula that they call a mountain. It's not a mountain. Isn't it funny how some states do that? Right. (laughs) In Tennessee, there's a mountain called Lookout Mountain, which there's one here in Colorado as well. There's a lookout mountain anywhere there's hills. That's true, because what do you do at a hill? You you look out. Yep. (laughs) But it's too small. It's actually like, I think something like 80 feet too short to be considered a mountain. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Just almost got it. It's so close. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, no, like there was one like snowboarding like mountain by uh, Grand Rapids that I went to a couple times. Okay. It's a decent size hill that's usually just covered in ice. Oh, well, at least there's no friction. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't work so good when you're trying to snowboard. Yeah, if you fall, that's that's horrible. Yeah, yeah it, it's a totally different experience with snowboarding out here. Um, yeah, that's just funny because I was like, yeah, this is a big hill. Then I came out to Colorado. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. The Rockies will just take your breath away the first time you see them. I mean, literally, if you're in them. That's true. That's true. You get. A, I, I can't breathe. <laughs> These mountains are so majestic. I can't breathe. No, that's the elevation, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's also it's... why turbocharged cars are the thing to do out here. Absolutely. As you know. As I know, yeah. You're trying to follow me and Hamza up Pike's Peak there. Yeah, you and Hamza in the GTI and the Fiesta, one of you in front of me, one of you behind me. You're just no problem going up. I'm shifting between second and fifth. <laughs> just, just, just constantly trying to, like, oh, I don't want to be the one who falls behind. Right. Especially because one of you was behind me and I'm like, why am I creating a traffic jam? <laughs> and you guys are like, I just, I hear you. You're not even changing gears. It's no. like turbo spool and that's it. Yep. And you're up to just over there just like winding out in second. Just yeah. that engine just trying to breathe. Yeah. And then I've got to get it up to third, then back down to second just so I've got enough, enough power. Yep. Yeah. That, that was wild. Um, before I moved out here, I wanted to do a six cylinder like Porsche engine swap in the BRZ. Yeah. But now that I'm out here, it's got to be boost. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. It's just, there's no, there's no replacement for turbochargers <laughs> at least at elevation <laughs> that that's a t-shirt right there yeah no replacement for turbochargers very small parentheses yeah. at elevation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although i'd argue anywhere like yeah i think i might mention this on on the show before but i always laugh at the old guys who for the longest time were like turbochargers no re replacement for displacement yeah now it's like how big of a turbo can we put on this engine? Yeah. <laughs> now they're putting turbos on the high displacement engines. Yeah. Which is just leading to insanity now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that unicorn Ken Block built was ludicrous. I've told you about this before. There is a uh, Dodge Viper rolling around Denver somewhere that makes 2,500 horsepower. That is insane. And he's driving around on the streets. Yeah, it's a street car. That is ludicrous. <laughs> a street car. And you know the Viper wasn't easy to drive on the street to begin with. Right? Yeah, that's just... It, we're in the world of insanity. Yeah. 2,500 horsepower. Yeah. And now we got electric vehicles that are... What was the uh, new Hummer? What was the torque rating on that new Hummer? A was thousand. It, wasn't it a lot more than that? Oh, it was it was either rated at a thousand horsepower or a thousand foot pounds of torque, but it it's supposed to do zero to sixty in the threes. Oh, eleven! Oh, wow! Let's <laughs> say eleven thousand. That says eleven. So ten times thousand. more than I thought it was. But I think this is some sort of weird rating. This is max wheel torque, high range, and that. Also, there's a Ram TRX on here that apparently makes 10,000. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's not the same thing. That is not the same but thing. But it was good for 1,000 horsepower. It was supposed to do 0 to 60 in sub 4s, and it's a Hummer pickup truck. Right. It's, it's I don't know, what does it weigh, like 3 tons? <laughs> Something <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Like 6,000 pounds? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if it's going to say in here, but... The cra have you seen the crab mode that this thing can do? Yeah, I have seen that. It can drive diagonally. I'm amazed that they didn't just show somebody parallel parking with it. Right. Because that's says, what I'm thinking of. Well, your average Hummer driver would use it for. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like it showed people using it to ver to do very specific things on a trail. But it's like, if I my car can drive diagonally, I'm parallel parking it anywhere. Also, there's like... 5% of Hummer owners that are going to take those off-road. Right, right. They're going to try to park it in a place where they it's too big to have a Hummer. Mm -hmm. And that's why you got to be able to drive your car sideways. I want to see what, like, the, excuse my pun, the pickup rate of people converting from gas trucks to electric trucks is going to be. I'm interested to see that, too, because I've heard a lot of skepticism from yeah. pickup owners. And I think a lot of that comes down to range. Which is so funny because most pickup trucks, it's one of those things of 
like they never use it. Right, but it, they want it. Right. It's right. like people saying like, oh, my th- uh, Ford F-350 can tow eight trillion tons. Yeah. And you're like, cool, what do you haul? Oh, I got some sandbags that I was hauling <laughs> back, you know, some cement bags. Like, just like 50 pounds. So it's like you could have you could have bought a K-truck and done that. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, the Maverick is what the truck you need. Yeah. You know, you don't need this. Which is funny, you the, but that's your typical pickup truck owner. Yeah. They're usually not even hauling stuff in the bed. Mm-hmm. They just want to be able to. Yeah. Which the joke's on you because everybody's going to ask you to help them move. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a case of like... They're like Boy Scouts. They just want to be prepared. Uh, prepared it. for anything. All the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I need to tow this school bus full of children out of this ravine, I can. Right. You know? Right. I can't I can't I can't do that with a Subaru cross tour, cross yeah. trek. Cross Cross Trek. Cross cross. Cross cross cross. Yeah. <laughs> they're, this is, they're all the, they're all crossovers. So. Crisscross? Yeah. Oh, they should call one the crisscross. They should. <laughs> that's gotta be. That can't be taken. So somebody's got to use that. Oh, speaking of stupid crossover SUVs, part of the rumor mill. Going back to the uh, Corolla, real quick. Part of the rumor mill of this whole Toyota thing is, was kind of exciting because they're like, uh, "There's gonna be a new model called the Toyota Crown," and I'm like, "Oh shit, the Toyota Crown? Yeah, I guess it's gonna be a crossover." Oh come on. <laughs> That was like a that was a sedan with a TV in the back, which also leads me cre- credence or leads like not credence uh, gives me like more hope that that leak is real because yeah. that sounds real. It does, it does <laughs> because it's just disappointing enough to be real. It really is. Like, <laughs> nobody would make that up. Yeah, like, it's like who? Would, nobody wants to hear this information, right? So why would I make it up? So it was supposed to be like the crown because that's what, I think they might have called it like the crown cross or something like yeah. that. Yeah, because we covered that that they they re they bought the patent. Yeah, or they reinitiated that patent. Yeah, that's no, true. It. We did cover that. Yeah. Oh God, it's all coming together. Yeah. So so that all makes sense, and we're covering it. So it'll probably be an electric crossover. It'll be electric crossover. Yeah. Uh, we I really picked the wrong time to make a. Like a podcast about this stuff, didn't I? <laughs> We're just heading into the automotive apocalypse. <laughs> At least we get some cool stuff. It's true. Yeah, it's we didn't true. cover too much of the cool stuff today, but no, we, we had, usually do. Yeah, we had a bunch of sad news to cover, I guess. Yeah. But I do have some good news, actually. We can end on some good news. Oh, yeah? Religion of Speed's going to have a new spot to be working on project cars. Actually, two spots now. Oh, yeah. Because you officially own a house here in Denver. I which do. It's been a while, but again, congratulations. Thank because you. That, like, people say congratulations, you buy a house in the past, but I feel like these days it's like congratulations, it's you worked a, for it. It was it was a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got one church location, and now you've got one uh, just down the road from me. Yeah, not, not too far. Yeah. Actually, weirdly close to downtown, which is like, I wasn't expecting to find a garage there. Yeah. Uh, but for those who don't know, I don't have a garage here at my condo at home. I was working at the old shop. You know, just working in there on the weekends. New shop, though, it just it isn't outfit well to store projects and do stuff on the weekends and I'm stuff. I'm honestly amazed that you guys can just run things, you know, normally during the week. <laughs> right. I mean, you've there's so much crammed into that shop. It's it's so little space for what yeah, we have to do. Like, there. I swear, you guys have twice as much equipment as Aspen and half the space. It at least feels like that. <laughs> and we just added tire machines now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, hey, you've got tire machines. Yeah. Awesome. They're not hooked up, but we have them. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the building. <laughs> Step one. Um, but yeah, so it, 
Iggy, as you know, I, I posted some videos on the YouTube channel about Iggy, but there hasn't been any updates for like a freaking year because I just haven't had anywhere to work on him. Yeah. So now we have a workspace and hopefully here soon, I'm going to get Iggy over there, get working on that again, get some more videos up on that, get that project finished and get some stuff rolling. You have so much stuff in the works. I, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Your, your, your compound you have right now is just... Yeah, my, my buddy just moved in who also has a BRZ and a Project 240. Um, so now we've got six cars at the uh, at the church. Yeah, um, and you have another one to haul up. Yeah, other two, two more to haul up. You have two yeah. more to haul up. My, so. my, my 240 parts car and the Miata that I think now we're going to lift it and turn it into a rally car. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like the best option. I think it'll be a blast. Right? Even, even if it's the slowest thing on the dirt. Yeah, I mean, every we're gonna turn more heads. Hey, and we're gonna have the most fun. Miata is always the answer. <laughs> the, there's not Miata is sometimes the answer. It's yeah. always the answer. So if you want to go off road, Miata. I yeah. mean, I don't know what to tell you. There you go. It's the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was gonna say this earlier. Uh, we were talking about Ibisu becoming Rally, yeah. and like we were talking about how like Rally is just kind of in right now. Off road yeah. stuff, Rally is in. The new Forza Motorsports Five also knows this. Like, there's really? a lot more off-road stuff in that. See, that's cool. Yeah. That's like, really cool. Like, I was talking to my buddy Nick back uh, home in Michigan, and he's, he's not a car guy, but I was just telling him, like, if you follow the Forza Horizon games, you can really follow the car trends. It, it does, they are good enough that they know what their market is and where people are with liking cars. See, Acura should have consulted Microsoft. Apparently, <laughs> when they when they were looking at this new integrity. Yeah, oh, that's sad. I have a lot of uh, qualms with. Is qualms the right word? When you have an issue with something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, this COVID shit. Dude, uh, it is ridiculous. My brain's like, what's words? <laughs> yeah, I swear I've lost like a third of my vocabulary. Well, like I was joking last week. I think it was last podcast about like how. You know, maybe me with my poor English skills shouldn't be hosting a podcast. And then I got COVID. And I'm like, holy shit, this just made this harder. <laughs> you know what? Let's just consider this physical therapy. Oh, yeah. There you go. I like yeah. that. Yeah. We'll just, just, we talk into the mic. We have to talk into the mic. Yeah. And, uh, and we got to use big words because we have to sound smart. Right. Because how else are we going to sound smart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't look at us and be like, that's a smart man. Right. Right. Because you, all you can do is hear our beautiful voices. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if people like, I hope people get the joke and don't think we're too full of ourselves. I, I hope so. I mean, we're pretty self-deprecating. So this, this is true. I'm thinking so. We're both old men. Yeah. That are still clinging to our long hair. <laughs> hmm. I, I, I have thought about this before with like. When when am I really going to be old, though? When am I going to be, like, completely... Because I feel like... I think it's because we don't have kids. Right. So we kind of hang out with younger people because they also don't have kids. Right, right. I always get along with the Lubrec guys the best. <laughs> right, yeah. So I think that kind of keeps us a little younger, keeps us in touch with younger-ish generations. Yeah. There's going to be a point where we just don't get it anymore. We're completely out of touch. We're completely out of touch. Probably when the next, gener the next generation or the first generation that literally doesn't give a shit about cars. Yeah then we're not going to have anything to talk to them about. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to be like, you know that thing takes gasoline, right? Yeah. That's explosive. Yeah. Gasoline explodes. That's a direct quote from iRobot. Yeah. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Yeah. It was hilarious. And now it's sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the future we're that's heading towards. That's the reality we're headed towards. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us today, guys. Uh, I hope we 
didn't make that too sad. <laughs> we brought it back up at the end and then yeah. and then dumped it again with the iRobot We'll make reference. sure to have some more positive news next time. Yes, which, uh, I don't know, you want to do this again next weekend? Yeah. Get back on track? Yeah, we can do that. All right, then next week, you'll get another one. Sounds good. Two in a row, look at that. Yeah. All right, as usual, follow us on the Facebooks, on the Instagrams, uh, religionofspeed.co. I did a bunch of work to the Religion of Speed website while... Uh, I had some time off. That is cool. one thing I actually got done. So it still looks the same, but I think it looks better. You want to check it out. That's religionofspeed.com. As usual, all the show notes with links to all the stories we talked about today, that will be at religionofspeed.com in the show notes section. And We'd Chris? like to thank the, uh, the band Wheels for the use of our theme song, Colors, off the album Traveler Part 2. You can find them at wheelsthebandcamp.com. Is it Traveler Part 1? It's Traveler Part 1. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you just, ah, uh, God, you're fired. I don't yeah, know. I know. <laughs> you had one job, Chris. I had one job, and I dropped it. <laughs> All right, heretics, that's going to do it for us. Peace out. Peace out.